A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Please be advised that Little Miss Recap contains adult language. I thought index cards weren't allowed on Little Miss Recap. They are. No, I don't. I don't remember putting that into the handbook for employees. Too late. I didn't read the employee handbook. I'm a contractor. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Little Miss Recap, the podcast where every second counts. Oh, God. You like that one, Jen? Yeah, that's good. Guys, I'm Amy Archer, and I'm here today with the Brooklyn Witch. <laughs> my older sib jenny i'm back what up jen what's going on it's been a while since i got to say what up jen yeah i don't even know how to do this anymore so mm. bear with me jenny's been off in like real work land <laughs> doing stuff amy's doing all the work again i'm doing but i'm doing this, all the work but this time i'm not reaping the benefits of it that's true that's very true Jenny and I had to pop in. We we so here's the thing. We wanted to record together cuz she's at my house for 4th of July weekend. And we tried to do our father and there was I don't know like a little bit too much religion and too much masturbation in that for me. <laughs> I, I mean, you never expect those things to go hand in hand. Plus like there's not a lot that happens like you know what I mean? It's just like this guy's everybody's father and it like once you're past the 15th person like it becomes you know what I mean? Like, there's no surprises left. It's yeah, just like, oh, yeah. we're on the 35th sibling. Do we know how many are total? No. We'll have 195? I have no idea. It's insane. I mean, it's it, an insane story. I just feel like you can't talk for an hour about it. I agree. And I will just say very quickly that the whole idea of, like, switch to birth or, like, an insemination mix-up is ripped right out of our childhood. Oh, like yeah. That- that Gen X type situation. You always were waiting for that to land in your life somewhere. <laughs> like switch to birth. Yeah. <laughs> so Jenny and I are here to talk about The Bear season two, which we watched together this weekend mostly. Um, and this episode serves as a refresher for those of you going into season three who need to remember what happened in season two. So we will talk about everything that happened in season two so if you have not finished it do not listen correct lots of spoilers Mm -hmm. all right jenny um do you have anything to annoy me with up top um i just feel like do we need to update everyone as like where we're at or are you keeping people up to date on what's going on yeah i mean gen x this is why has ended 
It's yeah. limping along. We're keeping it's it limping, limping along. along. We'll do some stuff on there, but we'll do some stuff here and there. But for the most part, Jenny and I burned ourselves out three years <laughs> in, in a row doing Little House on the Prairie and Love Boat and after school specials and the like. So um, most new things are going to be on this feed. Yeah. But I am going to put this on Gen X. Yeah, well. sure. Yeah. Um, I could still do that. So, guys, if you are listening to this on Gen XY and you're like, why the hell is there something about the bear? It's because I've started my own podcast called Little Miss Recap, where I recap streaming shows and the bear is one of my favorites. So that's why Jenny is talking to me about the bear. Did I make that all clear? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But I meant like what's going on in your life. Oh, so what's going on in my life? Well, the girls are driving. The girls are driving and it is pandemonium here. One of them. I mean, Amy is in. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you want to tell that story? So my girls took their driving test last week and one passed and one failed. <laughs> well, we won't name names. <laughs> but that has caused a whole thing. It's been a whole rough. imbalance in the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And now, like, I've been here, what, five days? Four days? I'm here a long time. Um, this, this six trip. months? And, like, I witnessed firsthand some of the battles that Amy is in. <laughs> She's, like, in peak teenager hell. Like, mm-hmm. there's no other way to describe it. And yeah, it just so reinforces to me that I would have been a terrible fucking parent. And I'm so glad I'm not a parent. And it also reinforces why I can drink, like, two bottles of wine on 4th of July. <laughs> well, I mean, but, but you handle it with such... Like poise and because I'm used to it, and it's amazing. It. Like I would be like a psycho if I had mm-hmm. teenagers. Although mm-hmm. I guess maybe you're you're eased into it, but still, oh my god, mm-hmm. what a, what a, I like. I feel like I have to make a formal apology to our parents because I know I did this <laughs> to them. Oh, guys, come at me if you had that experience where, like, you're parenting your own kids and you're suddenly like, oh, my God, I love my mother and father so much. <laughs> I was so horrible to them. Yes. Yes. Yep. Um, Jenny, anything going on in your life that we need to know about? No. I mean, I was just in Switzerland. That was fun. I think I was I on air after that. I don't know. I don't remember. I, I don't think so. Yeah. Switzerland's great. Everyone should go visit that. It's mm-hmm. fun. It rained Copenhagen? the entire time. No, that's not in Switzerland. Just asking. Because you went to <laughs> Copenhagen. <laughs> I was in Zurich and um, it rained the whole time oh, except one day. Zurich, where every soap opera villain hid their money. Yes. On our yep. soap operas. Yes. Yeah. James Steinbeck where you had hide like your a money. whole thing in in Zurich. Swiss bank accounts is where you hide your money. Oh. I, I got that's why, that's I why got I was there hiding money from you. <laughs> All right, um, so let's get into this, Jenny. We're covering The Bear Season 2, which dropped summer 2023. Remember, people will be listening to this in the future, hopefully, as a primer before they start Season 3, which I think is expected early 2025, I'm thinking. Really? Early 2025? Yeah, I mean, with the writer strike, everything is being pushed back. That's right. That's right. Okay, I forgot. So I don't know that makes when sense, we're going to expect it. Overall thoughts on season two compared to season one? I So when I watched season one, I like the first 75% of it, I was like, this is good. 
I felt like it really hammered home in the last couple episodes. I'm like, this is really good now. Like I, I'm really mm-hmm. invested in these characters now. I don't hate them as much as I did in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I started, I felt like you went from rooting against them to starting to rooting for them. Like yeah, you made that I transition agree. through season one mm-hmm. and season two, I feel like we're invested in them now. And like, I, I, I just, you know, like you don't have the, you're starting off in a place of like wanting to root for them. And I feel like this season really delivers on that. Like, mm-hmm. like watching and not all of them succeed, but like watching the arc of, of all of them is very interesting. I think it's way I, more interesting than season one. And I feel like I have to make a formal apology because when I was on Hey Bunky last week, I forgot the name of the actor who plays Carm. Okay. Who is Jeremy Allen White. Like I should know that he's the lead of this show. Okay. And I was like, you know, what's his name? Carm. From Shameless. Yeah. Anyway, um, I agree with you. I think the some of the writing in season two is the best writing I've seen. Really, really good. Television. Is it the same writer? I think it is. I think it is. So I think it's that dude who's like the overlord of everything. Christopher Storer. Oh, he's the writer? The, he's the creator, and I believe he's the writer. Yeah, I don't think so. Not a season two, I don't think. No, I think he wrote a lot of the episodes. Are you looking that up? Are we going to have a fact? fight about this? Is that a fact? Okay, series writing credits. He's listed in the credits. I mean, he didn't only write it. There's a bunch of other people. There's Karen Adcock. That's an unfortunate name. Sophia Levetsky-Whites. There's Christopher Storer. There's Catherine Scatina and Alex O'Keefe. So there's like a bunch of people. So do they have who wrote each episode? No. I mean, I'm sure I could get into it, but I don't know if I want to bore everybody with that. No, I was just wondering. Yeah. So what I'm going to do, guys, is in... You know, 10 minutes, I'm going to give you a brief overview of what happened in every episode. And then Jenny and I will go through and talk about some of the greater, you know, more holistic stuff like character arcs and things we liked. And, you know, I'm sure Jenny has an annoying index card somewhere. So what if I want to weigh in on your discussion about the episode? You can absolutely weigh in. Okay. Okay. So this is just designed to give everybody like an idea of what happened in each episode. Big major point. So episode one is called The Beef, and this is where we pick up. And the team is going to renovate renovate the beef, and they realize how much it's going to cost. And Richie, we meet Richie when he's in a real low place. Yes. And he's in the basement, literally in a low place. He's in the basement, smoking like a chimney. He's got some real Charlie from It's Always Sunny energy going on <laughs> down there. And he's realizing that he has no purpose. We see that Marcus's mother is dying. We learn that. I'll just give each episode and then we can do thoughts on it. Um, We learn Mikey tried to burn the restaurant down once using the really offensive term Jewish lightning. Uh, Nat is brought in as project manager and Tina gets promoted to sous chef. Carm, Sydney, and Nat decide to convince Uncle Jimmy to invest a lot more money into the restaurant and Carm makes a, a devil's bargain when he agrees to pay him back within 18 months or he will literally sign over the building to him. He tells him Mikey really did want to franchise the beef. It was all true. And he knows this because they found the hidden money, which remember was like $300,000. Yes. And then at the end, they realize their timeline of opening in eight months will leave them no room for profit. So they decide they'll open in 12 weeks. 12 weeks. 
12 weeks. And for anybody who has done a renovation project on an old building, <laughs> like just add, just triple your timeline from the day you put a, a, a crowbar in that wall. Yes. And not only that, they're like, Richie's got a sheetrock guy. And this one's got <laughs> like, this is going to be. Did you know? Now, I did not know this. Did you know FAC is actually like a, a really well-known chef or like an executive chef somewhere? Like in real life? Yes. Oh, my God. Wait, is that Mario Batali? <laughs> no. <laughs> is it Jenny's love, Guy Fieri? <laughs> no, it's definitely not Guy Fieri. <laughs> Episode two is called Pasta, and they're sending Tina and Ibra to culinary school. I thought that was so cool. So cool. Yeah. Tina thrives, Ibra not so much. I thought that was interesting. I thought it was really interesting. Like, you know, and, and it, it he's just unable to take advantage of the opportunity. Like, he, for whatever reason, like, it's, he just doesn't have enough, like, belief in himself. He's just insanely uncomfortable like he just can't do it and like you you compare that to tina who sees clearly mm -hmm. the opportunity and loves it and takes advantage of it she came a long way from being like a clearly yes. defensive like in your yes. face person and yeah. um the other juxtaposition there i think is uh marcus yeah like marcus is able to take advantage of the opportunity mm -hmm. or he actually kind of makes the opportunity like he actually kind of forges his path more so yeah he does than the other two because he like takes on that like I'm interested in desserts and I want to like try mm -hmm. all this stuff like he went on a whole different path it's just it's very interesting to look at like the generational differences the racial differences yeah Ibra is really just the old guard you know and there's a lot of parallels between him and Richie in the beginning mm -hmm. yeah like they yeah. just both are settled into this and we all know people like this in our lives who just can't change it's hard for them to make change yep it's hard for them um, to see the benefit of the change. This is where Fack and Richie start calling Nat mom. Who's telling mom? I'm telling mom. Oh, you're calling mom. It's great. <laughs> and we see like Natalie has just, I'm so, first of all, I'm so glad they brought her in. Yes, they needed to. I love her. Desperately. Love her. And I just love how she plays Fack. Like, oh, sweetheart. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> um, they find Mikey's locker is still intact. They open it to find, I think they found a baseball in it. Baseball hat. A baseball hat. Yeah. Carmi teaches Sydney the, the sign form of I'm sorry, which is you rub your hand in a fist around your heart. And it's something he picked up from other chefs. That is a way of saying I'm sorry without, God forbid, saying I'm sorry because we can't. You know. Well, I think a lot of times, too, they're shouting across the room. So, like, I think it's like a more, like, calm down kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's actually shorthand for let's talk later. Yeah. But they come to use it as kind of like an I'm sorry yeah. kind of situation. Yeah. Back at the restaurant, Fack, Richie, and Marcus find mold is growing on the walls. We discover Nat is pregnant. And then at a local market, Carm bumps into Claire Bear, someone he's had a crush on since childhood. Dun, dun, yeah, dun. I don't love the whole love story arc. It's boring. Oh, Timmy was railing against it. He hates a love story. It's just, I mean, I don't Why mind a love story. It? I just feel like this one's unnecessary and boring. Like, I get well, what they're trying to drive home. It serves a greater purpose, yeah. right? It serves a greater purpose. It serves the purpose of you seeing that Carm will deny himself good things. 
Yeah. And that's yeah. not only because of the restaurant, that is because of the childhood drama, which we see in episode six. <laughs> which we will get to. <laughs> yes. Episode three, Sunday, Carm is still in recovery. We see him in a recovery group in the beginning. And he says, his family ruined his childhood, which I thought was a great line. Because yeah. <laughs> your family is your child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they can also ruin it. So Sid decides to visit all the great restaurants of Chicago. We get a little setup here of the story where she and Carm are on different uh, paths because she's supposed to meet him somewhere and he stands her up to go hang out with Claire. And Richie learns his daughter's mother has a new friend. They're calling Uncle Frank. And the restaurant has to knock down a wall and Sid and Carm have this weird like head fight. Head fight. They have a head fight? They have a head fight. They have a head fight. They bump heads. They bump heads. <laughs> About whether or not um, she should have, he should have told her about it. And then we meet Sid's dad, who's like yes. passive aggressive supportive. Oh my God. Did you, were you, were you triggered? <laughs> were you triggered? Slightly. Were you triggered by the backhanded compliments? Well, it did bring me back to the place of Graham saying, you would be so pretty if you lost weight. You have such oh a pretty God. face. If anyone tells you, you have such a pretty face, they're saying you're fat. Oh and you God. need to punch them right in the fucking face because wow. that's what it means. That's what it means. Like, okay. oh, you have such a pretty face. But what if someone just says that? No, mm-mm. we fat people everywhere. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Or the you'd be pretty if you know what. Well, I'm no talking one should about. ever say that. Mm-hmm. We get this idea of the Coach K stuff coming in here. I don't really know what this is. It's a sports thing that is beyond me. Yeah, I guess that was a big thing in Chicago, I'm assuming. Come at like, us if you have you know what the fuck Coach K is. Do you think it's like a Joe Paterno situation? Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so episode four is called Honeydew. This one is very, this is Mar- Marcus-centric. Uh, he goes to Copenhagen. He's going to learn from Will Poulter, who's the guest star. He was the kid on We Are the Millers, in case you didn't see that great Never movie. That. Oh, it's fantastic. That's where, did you ever hear anyone say no regret, no regrets? Not one? Nope. Not one? No. Okay. Nope. He lives on a boat, and we learn that Carm did this exact same shit. Um, and we also see him randomly help some dude who's like impaled himself on a fence. That was so random. So random. I don't know what that was. I mean, it's interesting, though. Like, I think, um, because one thing that, I forget who says it to Marcus. Maybe it's the dude. Maybe, yeah, it's the Copenhagen dude. Mm -hmm. He says, like, you can do all the time you want in the kitchen. You could perfect your craft. You could spend all these hours, like, learning how to do it. But, like, you have to be inspired by what goes on in the world. Like, you have to be exposed to the outside world. You have to, like... Mm get inspiration there and like experience that to be able to to do anything of meaning in your mm. craft which is like true for any art really right yeah yeah and I, I like how this episode takes like sydney out takes marcus out and like they're experiencing things i mm-hmm. think that the thing with the guy crashing into the car is like it's just an experience like does that make his way into his dessert later i don't know like is there a wrecked bike and a little <laughs> chain link fence and like some blood I don't know. A bunch of blood all over the plate. But I think it was just like experiencing humans. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I don't know. There could be a whole other meaning to that, but I didn't pick it up in case you did. 
Jenny's wrong. Jenny's wrong. Um, okay, epi- whatever. Episode five is called Pop. Unk is surveying the work with only six weeks left open, and he's super not happy. <laughs> he's, like, yeah, he's super not happy. not going to happen. Uh, Nat plays him like a fiddle and gets him to move along some of the bureaucratic bureaucratic processes. Claire and Carm end up driving to drop some mail off and end up at a weird house party. Yeah, what the hell, man? Now we These talked like about 30-year-olds. Yeah, we did talk about this a yeah. lot, actually. These are thirty mid-30s. Mid-30s? Yeah. And they're at, like, okay, so Timmy said he used to live in Portland and they would have house parties like this in Portland. However, he was only in his 20s. He's in his 20s, yeah. But second, I could see cities like that having parties, but not where they're playing cornhole and drinking out of red solo no. cups and getting blasted. Not where you're playing pong, yeah. Beer pong? What did I say? Beer cornhole. Pong. Yeah. I I don't cornhole. Were they playing cornhole? Probably. <laughs> it, <laughs> cornhole is beer pong adjacent. It is? Sure. Okay. Sure. Now it is. Now it is. <laughs> In case you didn't and know. We see Tina going to a bar with her culinary school friends and singing karaoke. Okay. Now, the the next four or five episodes are the ones that are the real meat of the season, in my opinion. Episodes one through five, we're setting it up. Yep. Now we get this random hour-long episode, and it's called Fishes. And it is 256 weeks before opening, so roughly five years. And it gives you all the backstory you need to the bear. Like, I recommend re-watching this episode ten times because it's so good. Don't you think? We were shook. We were shook. <laughs> we were shook. <laughs> First of all, Timmy and I really almost had to stop it because it's so, like, the auditory processing. Like, there's so <laughs> much yelling. There's so much talking over each other. There's so much chaos. It's really hard. It takes place at Carm's mother's house, you know, the the Bears Auto Kids family home. This is the first time we see the mother. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis plays Dee Dee. Amazing. She's amazing. Amazing performance. And it's it's, you know, she's cooking Christmas dinner and you just see her spiraling and kind of just going. She's an alcoholic, clearly. And but there's something else going on there. She's not just oh, an alcoholic. Severely depressed. Yes. Severe and it's depression. Going down and down and down and down. And by the time the family gathers together to have the meal of the seven fishes or whatever it is. I have an index it- card. Jesus Christ. I thought index cards weren't allowed on Little Miss Recap. They are. No, I don't. I don't remember putting that into the handbook for employees. Too late. I didn't read the employee handbook. I'm a contractor. (laughs) All right, Jenny. I'm assuming this is on the seven fishes, so go. Yes. The Feast of the Seven Fishes is part of the Italian-American Christmas Eve celebration, although this is not what it's called in Italy. The abundance of seafood reflects the observance of abstinence from meat until Christmas Day. The tradition comes from southern Italy, where it is known as the Vigil. The celebration commemorates the wait for the midnight birth of Jesus, and it's unclear why Americans use Feast of the Seven Fishes. The first known mention is in the Philadelphia Inquirer in 1983. Whoa. Say that again. (laughs) 1983. 
Wow. The meal includes seven or more fishes that are considered tradition. I think I think they ate this like they had the meal before, earlier than that, but like yeah. the name came okay. later. Okay. Okay. One of the well-known dishes is bakla, bakala, bakala. It's salted codfish. Mm. Have you ever had that? I don't like it's fish. Freaking delicious. But you had me salted. <laughs> it's delicious. They do it like in a salt crust. I had it mm. at like a friends and family at a restaurant once, ironically. Oh, there you go. Yeah. It's delicious. The meal. Okay. So the traditional components are anchovies, whiting, lobster, sardines, shrimp, mussels, clams, bacala, smelts, eel, squid, or octopus. So it's like some combination of those typically. Mm. Um, I also have, I looked up, we used to do this. Do you remember this? Yes. At the Tunises. Our in-laws did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like not our, not our in-laws. Not our not our in-laws. Well, Uncle Joe's in-laws. Yeah. Yeah. But like there was extended in-law Extended family. family. Mm-hmm. Not our family. And uh, I remember smelts. I remember His mother still this. makes smelts. I remember hating this. And like now I would fucking love this. Mm. Um, so I, I looked up a couple facts about. Here's, I'm going to throw some facts at you. These are, okay. this is free bonus index oh, the content. Bonus index cards? Great. Didn't ask for the, the first one. The Feast of the Home of the Seven Fishes is not a Roman Catholic feast day. So it's just part of Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, December 24th was the day that you like abstained from all food. It was a fasting day. Mm-hmm. Not just not eating meat. That was a whole thing that came much mm-hmm. later. Okay. That came in like the 60s. Yeah, when people were like, we can't do this shit. <laughs> um, we already know that. We don't care about that. We know that already. It's unclear what the seven fishes signify. However, seven is in the Bible all over the place. Seven sacrifice, mm-hmm. seven sacraments, seven virtues, et cetera, et cetera. Um, as I said before, in a 1983 advertisement for a restaurant, that's the first time we see Feast of the Seven Fishes used. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Jen. That's it. Boring. That's cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So we'll come back to episode six because I want to dwell on that for a little bit. You want to dwell on episode six? Yes. So okay. let's let's recap the other three and then we'll come back to that. Episode seven is Forks. This is the Richie Redemption arc. We see that Carm has sent him to work in a super fancy restaurant. He sort of gets his groove back at this place, which we'll they talk do, about. In, I can't in remember what they call it, but they do. Like it's a week long thing. A stage. Yeah. yeah. So they, they go and they just like train at various restaurants mm-hmm. for a week. We learn that Uncle Frank, quote unquote, has proposed to Tiffany, cousin's ex-wife. Yep. Um, we learned that cousin got the Taylor Swift tickets, and we also see guest star Olivia Coleman, the queen. Yes, the queen. Oh, would you is... like a small tea in this Chicago restaurant? No. The queen. Oh God. The queen is peeling mushrooms. <laughs> the queen is peeling mushrooms. She plays Chef Terry, and she sort of gives the the kind of summation at the end of this episode that this assignment wasn't just for Carm to get rid of cousin it's actually because he believed in him and she knows that because he told her well and I think she drives home the importance of like doing all the small like doing the work yeah like doing the small things doing the the work time well no one's above that like that Mm -hmm. gets you to these higher places correct um and then episode eight is bolognese um, Ebra returns, Ebra returns, and he is going to run the takeout window where they're going to do the beef sandwiches in the back, which was a great idea. Perfect. And that's perfect for him. Yep. That's his home. Carm and Claire are officially banging now. Richie returns to work and he's wearing suits. He is now suited up Richie. He's wearing suits. He's Well, he mm-hmm. has confidence in himself now. Yep. Fack finally figures out while they're failing the fire suppression test. Tina gets a bunch of new hires, including a dude from SNL. Uh, Suit Richie apologizes to Nat, and it's really sincere. And Carmen Sydney have a fight when he shows her drawings of the chaos menu, which were good drawings. Well, he used to be an artist. Yes. And reveals he has changed something because of Claire and Cousin and Nat do interviews for the front of the house and he loses it over a napkin and we'll, we'll save him we're coming back to him Love that. episode nine omelet ibra is not safe serve certified sid sees a favorite restaurant first has closed sydney's dad gives more passive aggressive pep talks there's a broken fridge the checkoff's gun of this entire season the it's broken the fridge carm says he'll take care of it he'll call the guy he'll handle it Marcus makes a cannoli similar to those in episode six that um, uh, Dee Dee used to make. And he names it the Michael. And Carm is touched. And we know what Carm does when he's touched. He just nods his head. He's touched. But I mean, he has to also be a little triggered because <laughs> at the end of episode six, that's where the, the infamous fork lands yeah. is in the pile of cannolis. Yeah. Yes. 
Uncle Jimmy gives Karma pep talk about poor Stevie Bartman, the kid who fucked the Cubs in the playoffs by catching the fall ball. We remembered that. We remembered it 100%. Everyone hated that kid. Oh, my God. And he wasn't like a kid. I mean, but everyone hated that person. Yes. I think he was like a teenager. like a. Well, he wasn't know. like six. Yeah. No. Uh, Marcus tries to ask Sid out and she bungles it. And Richie gives a talk to the front of the house using the word luxuriation, which I wasn't sure was a word, but it is. It is. And then episode 10 is the opening and we see, you know, it's the friends and family. It's the friends and family. And we see a bunch of people there, including Claire. Um, Carm gets stuck in the walk-in because he never called the guy. Trapped. And at the very end. He is expressing that he has let his team down and it's all because he's been distracted with this relationship and he can't have any pleasure or anything nice and he doesn't deserve it and he doesn't care. He doesn't want it. And Claire, it turns out, has overheard this entire thing and leaves. First of all, it's his fault that he can't balance it. Yeah. Like he should be able to have those things and balance his life. Like Jenny pointed out, she's like an ER nurse. Yeah, She's like busy. she has to be working a lot. Yeah, it's yeah. not like she has all this free time. Right. But like if he can't balance that, like that's on him. Mm-hmm. Like he has to find a way to do both things. But he can also make that decision to be like, this is not the right time in my life sure. for a relationship. Absolutely. And yeah. I want to focus on this new restaurant, which, you know, has a 60% fail rate or whatever. Well, you and know he what could I mean? just be like, yeah, in the first year. And he mm-hmm. could be like, hey, you know, Claire, I'm interested, but like now is not a good time for me and like i'll look you up in a year or so and like she could just be like if i'm around i'm around like yeah yep yeah. exactly um he and cousin have a bad fight at the mm. end of this where they're screaming at each other real bad real bad and then um we also see jamie lee curtis so nat has invited mom so mom is still around Ugh. And we see mom and she's hanging around outside and Pete, Natalie's boyfriend or husband, 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 goes out there and he's talking to her. He's begging her to come in. She says, no, I don't deserve anything nice. Same thing. Carm saying, mm-hmm. I don't deserve it. You know, I need, if I come in there, I will fuck it up for them. They mm-hmm. deserve this. I don't. He slips and tells her about the baby. She had no idea that Natalie was pregnant. And, um, that's and he goes back in and strangely does not tell Natalie. I think like I don't know. I thought that there was I thought that that was really well written. Um, like I think that Pete sees her for the first time, like mm-hmm. the mother. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like really sees her and and who she is and how suffering, how much she's suffering, mm-hmm. and like just. I I think it, I think it's almost better if if uh what's her name fuck. Jamie Lee Curtis, Dee Dee, Natalie, Dee Dee. Natalie. If Natalie doesn't know she's there, instead of like saying she's there but she didn't want to come in, mm. like, and then telling him, what does he tell her that he told her about the baby? Like, it. I would have that conversation with her the next day, not right there. Oh, okay. Like he maybe he talks to her, her about it the next day. He does say to her, like, I think you need to forgive her for not coming. Yeah. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you know think I mean? about the mom walking into that place after all the shit that has gone down and all those people that are there. Like it's all the people from episode six that are there. Yeah, let's go, let's go back to episode six, because that's the end. So let's go back to episode six. 
What stood out to you here? I mean, it was amazing. I mean, I think the dynamics of the family make sense. Like Michael kind of was the alpha dog to like Richie. And it's interesting because mm-hmm. Richie's a completely different person in episode six. Yeah, he's like upstairs with his girlfriend. What's her name? Uh, Tish? Tiff. Tiff. He's upstairs with Tiff. Tiff is newly pregnant and he's very vulnerable with her and yep. very soft and yep. very much in love with her. Yeah, and he's very like traumatized by like when all this shit starts going down and Michael and Lee are fighting. Lee is the stepfather. They like my, like Richard is kind of with Natalie and Carm. Right. Like he's mm-hmm. like in the traumatized group of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like he's not a traumatizer. Mm, I disagree because when when we see Richie and Michael telling Carm that they ran into Claire Bear, we ran into Claire Bear. They're picking on him like they're big, big. He's sis. a little bit of a scorch, but like mm-hmm. when the and it violence triggered, me. triggered but me. when Yeah, sure. But when the violence starts, scorch. <laughs> but when the violence starts, he's yeah. not part of that. He's yeah. not part of that. Like that's where he draw. Like that's where he draws the line. Like doing a little light scorching, he's fine with. You know, mm-hmm. he jumps in on that. But he just kind of like, like jumps on, piles on to Michael doing it. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't seem like the instigator. He just piles on when Michael's doing it. But Michael takes it a step too far, and he doesn't go with him on that. Like he's trying to calm Michael down at that dinner. I I was telling, go ahead. I'm sorry. Like every, like you see the sides of like the people escalating it and the side and who's trying to like, like, like take it down. And it's Lee and Michael that are escalating. played by Bob Odenkirk is, he is just egging him on. He's He's screaming You're a loser. You're never going to amount to anything. He's an escalator and the mother's an escalator. Yeah. Like they're yeah. both, you know what I mean? Like they're the three escalators and everybody else is trying to like pull this back. Although what's her name too? Sarah Paulson escalates oh, a little great. bit too. She's great. Like just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But like, and- I don't think she really does it on purpose, but she's just like calling out some bullshit. There's or like this- wrong, wrong context. Well, I think she's trying to side with Natalie. Yes. She's trying to protect Because ironically, the, yes. whole, the whole beginning of the episode is set up with Natalie stop asking mom if she's okay right right but then ironically the time that she does ask her if she's okay you really think she needed to be asked if she was okay yeah but it's literally crying but it's a trigger and apparently everybody knew that and it was a huge trigger yeah but i think natalie's right though right sarah paulson's like no you don't look okay is like her way of saying like natalie had a right to ask you that like you're not okay obviously because sarah polson is like the audience here she's the one who sees this is fucked up and i love that tender moment when she asks carmy to come to new york with her she's like you can't be here like this is not you you can't be here because there's a lot of weird passive aggressive resentment from the mother to carmy for for leaving for going to copenhagen for not being you know what I mean? Like not staying. There's this whole idea of not staying and getting out and escaping. And we yeah. see now how Carmi escaped. But well, I think Michael feels the same this. way. But I think Michael feels the same way. Like he pushed Carmi away. Yes. But we're we're unclear as to why. Like it sounded like that happened before Carmi made the decision to leave. Well, in the closet when they're in that food pantry, Michael is saying like you don't want this. I'm saving you from this. 
Go do something else. Like, you don't want the beef. It's a piece of shit. It's chaos. Yeah. And we do see that in season one. It's a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, it's so, so dysfunctional. Michael maybe that's probably, his way. Michael maybe probably that's his was way on of drugs. doing it. Yeah. Yeah, he was probably on drugs at the time. You know what I mean? He was like, don't get involved. Like, it was really bad. Um, Carmi, typical younger Sib, is, you know, the empathetic one, the lightning rod for emotion, the sensitivity. The what? Nothing. Did you say weak one, you son of a bitch? <laughs> that that younger Sib role, I mean, you know, you just can't overlook it. Um, Let's talk about Richie real quick. So... It's funny because I always called him cousin, but once we saw him have this return to normalcy or this redemption arc, I started calling him Richie. Yeah. Which is it's, really interesting. I thought the arc of Richie's story was really good. Um, he see like when he, he sees where he belongs. Like he sees the place, like Carmi's good at the food. You know what I mean? Like Natalie's good with the numbers. Mm -hmm. Fack is good with the fixing of things. And like, you know he he's good with people but doesn't realize it because there's no yes. there was no place for that before i mean there was a little bit like well, you would see him in his in his element when he was behind the counter like talking to the crowds of people right or you be... remember when the the crowds were gathering outside doing like shady business and he'd be yeah. out there like hey guys come on move yeah. down the street and blah 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 you know yeah so like he he didn't understand i don't think he understood how that skill set fit into translated translated into fine dining mm -hmm. and like he get, he learns that and i think carm knew this mm -hmm. you know what I mean? and he learns that like that's a whole skill set that's a whole really valued skill set at in this level of dining and he gets it he understands like he he really when he watches that woman do it he's like really excited by it he's like i understand this i get like this i understand mm -hmm. the woman you're talking about is the one at the other restaurant who was on parenthood Right? She was yes. on Parenthood. Yeah. I didn't I think, watch Parenthood. But yeah. I think she was on Parenthood. Ugh, can't remember. Um, so what do you think? Where do you think they're gonna go in season three? Let's wrap this up. Um like obviously I, we end I just with want to talk Army about one more thing as a mess. Go ahead. I think season two had a de heroization of Carmi. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like he, he kind of falls from this elevated place, right? Because going into season two, he's like, he's the guy who knows everything. Like, he, yes. you know what I mean? Like, yes. and now he's like almost the failure of the group. You know, right, like he has fallen yeah. from grace. We see him and everybody end, else literally, has risen. Jenny, he's literally in a glass case of emotion. <laughs> he literally <laughs> he's, is. He's yes. locked in a freezer facing his own demons. Yes. And that's, yeah. Yeah, so we so I think season three we'll see his comeback. Like we'll see him come into his own. I would think. Um, I I'm, I hope to see more of Richard, like doing well. Oh, I'm worried Richard. about Richard after that fight because yeah. I feel like he went right back to that place because he started that fight because he called Carmi Donna. Yes, he did. He but said, oh. I thought that was a step forward because it's like the elephant in the room. Somebody's finally naming. Yes. But Do you like, know what I mean? It triggered hard, Carmi. And like he ended up in this ugly fight again. I was when I watched it again, I was listening carefully to what he said. He was screaming, and I, feel better, I love you. But I feel better after hearing what he said. I feel like he didn't go to the places he normally goes to in those mm -hmm. fights. But like mm -hmm. I think like you see him after 
And I mean, everybody's been in this place where you're like, oh God, I went back to this place again. Mm-hmm. And like, I mm-hmm. said to myself, I wouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. And like, but I think he's regretting it, which is good. Yes, I do too. Like being, being triggered like that and getting into that kind of like screaming match. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I so thought obviously, seeing, go ahead. I thought seeing Sid, like Sid is in the same place. Like she did really well, but like she was not, as on top of it as she, you know what I mean like her greenness she's young though yeah well that's green. it like she yeah. underestimated how green and inexperienced yes. she was and she was overconfident in that way and like she finally got that check yeah you know what I mean where she's like I need to I need to give this to people who have more experience in life than I do yes. like this you know I'm not ready for this yet and I think that's gonna serve her right it's not gonna hurt her it's gonna serve her but she needed to realize that because she was pushing into these things that she wasn't ready for so will we see a love story between her and Marcus in season three? I think that's where they have to go with it. Yeah. And I don't even understand why she's mad at Marcus. That makes no sense. But whatever. I don't, either. I don't think she is. Yeah. I think, I think she's, she's just, just so, awkward. She has so walled herself off yeah. from any yeah. idea of romance or yeah. pleasure that forget it. Yeah. Um, and I think she has to like get some kind of balance in her life in the future. And I think we're going to see Richie sort of start to take care of his own house now, right? Like he and Tiffany still love each other. She said, I love you. And he said, I love you. And so he might fight for her, which I don't think he was doing before. I think he was being all aggro about it, but not fighting for her in a real way. Right. And he might do that. Well, well, and the the only, like the way he needed to fight for her is to clean up his life and get his shit together. Yes. Like he needed to make an example of like, this is how I am now. Yes. And I think that you're right. We're going to see the rise of Carmi or Carmi trying to get it back together. I'm sure we'll have some annoying shit with Claire. He'll be like trying to get back with her. And I would like to see more of the mother. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is so good. And we don't. And and I love the fact that Natalie, as she's becoming a mother herself, is trying to reconcile this with the mother. I think because Natalie was so focused on the mother showing up, I think we'll see more of like their relationship. I hope so. Next season. Yeah. I hope so. Subscribe to Little Miss Recap and leave us a five star review. Jenny, you'll be back recapping some, hopefully, some important shows coming up in the future. I'd like you to do House of Dragon with me. Yeah. Okay. I think that'll be fun. You have to commit to it, though. All right. Here we go. See See how it is. Mm -hmm. If you're listening on Gen X, this is why. Stay subscribed. Stuff could be popping up at any time. You never know. And check out Little Miss Recap backdoor friends our facebook group where you can slide on in the back door open also for anal lovers you know whatever slide in the back door we we don't in that group we do not discriminate wow you did not run that branding by me not even close wow okay all right guys thanks so much for listening and we'll see you soon